0: <laughs> it begins.
1: <laughs> we haven't started the show up like this in
0: a while, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know it has. It's been since before the playoffs for sure.
1: Yes, sir. Well, guys, what's going on? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co host, the greatest co host in the world, Mike the Pick Crumb. Mike, how are you?
0: I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Eagles lost. So, very big positive there. Sirianni lost enormous positive there and I'm watching uh this new look Lakers team and at least there's some like hope in the season like I don't I don't think this team's good enough to win it all I just don't think AD is that level anymore you know mm-hmm. but it's nice to like go into games you know or or if we do end up making the playoffs going into a series not thinking like well are we even gonna win a game like Rob Palenka did a good job he's got a pretty damn talented and versatile roster so at least now it's they're fun to watch. There's, like, hope when you're watching them. It's crazy how how well LeBron's playing this year, man. I, I don't – man, it's insane. And I watched Kareem at a high age, like, play amazing. But, like, amazing as in, like, he made the all-NBA uh, all team as a center. But he was a defense and a rebounder. He wasn't a go-to guy anymore, you know. Yeah. He was barely over double digits scoring a game. This dude's friggin' thirty six, putting up thirty a game. Like, yeah, dude, he's crazy. And now we'll see. You know, it, it irritates me that you know he's gonna play in the All Star game, and he's missing these games. Like, that bugs me. Like, don't play in the All Star game if you're gonna be missing these games where they they're trying to make it in the playoffs. Like, they're right. they're five teams back of getting a chance in the playoffs. Like, so. It, you know, hopefully he doesn't even play the all star game no matter what. Like, if you're that bad, you're missing games. Mm-hmm. But let's not get into Lakers stuff already. I know it's off season, but it's not that bad.
1: Well, one last question. Did you watch the game where he broke the record?
0: Yeah, I had to sit through that. God. It was, it was just embarrassing because nobody else showed up. It was like, he, and then the, the coach afterwards is like, well, the game was more about, you know, uh, you know, getting him the record than, uh, than playing basketball mall. What does that have to do with defense? In the world? What does it have to do with defense? You know, he was yeah. blaming the game on, on the team distracted by getting him the record, but what's that have to do with defense? Your team gave up like 150 points. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. Like, so I'm kind of down on Darvin ham. I, I don't like that hire. I'm down on the team losing Pat Bev. Because yeah. I, I like who they got for him, but I just wish they would have got rid of a different guy because it'd have been nice to have a vet who I know could play defense. A game like this against Lillard, put him up against Lillard, and and you know, he's gonna hound him a little bit and, and do some things. So up and down, but much better than uh than uh one week ago when I had to watch Russell Westbrook turn the ball over every close game five times in the fourth quarter and make me want to punch myself in the face.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, one last thing about the Lakers, and we'll we'll transition to, to football talk, Mike. But, man, hearing Darvin Ham say that, I mean, I, I know you want – I know that's a monumental achievement to, you know, reach the – to to be the number one scorer of all time in the NBA. But to have that be the focus of the game, man, that's just – that's bad coaching in my opinion.
0: He was saying it in a negative. He was saying the players were too worried about the record. Oh, okay. Not him. But still, my my point was like, but you're not – Playing defense. What does that mm-hmm. have to do with the offensive end where he's trying to get a record? Like yeah. play some defense.
1: Yeah. All right, Michael. Well, before uh we get into our football discussions tonight, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter.
0: At C D Piglet, guys,
1: nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find mm-hmm. me on Twitter. Excuse me, at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Mike, this is normally the part where we would talk about Meatless Monday, but because yesterday was the Super Bowl, we talked last week about our favorite Super Bowl snacks. I know you made something good. I, I think you'll be happy with the menu I made. We're going to talk about our Super Bowl spreads instead. So start us off, Mike. What would you make for the Super Bowl?
0: So the main, the best item was definitely a mustard uh, pulled pork, a mustard uh, base pulled pork. Uh, Ooh. and I had a mustard uh slaw that was cabbage, carrots, apples, and then a mustard-based dressing. Oh, really? Wow, that sounds yeah, good. And it was that was by far the best thing of the day. Um, we also did a traditional pulled pork with a barbecue rub, and then I just started with some baby rays. I didn't make a barbecue sauce. Um, that was from more of like the the basics at the house, like yeah, the, the cheese pizza guys. Gotcha. I mean, they don't want anything on it. And then I made a chili, which it's my, it's the normal chili that I do, but instead of ground beef, I did it with some smoked tri tip Mm. and we made hot dogs and sliders and cornbread to serve the chili with. So Yeah. yeah, we had a ton of food. I ended up, um, saving the, uh, the wings. Everybody was like, dude, we have so much food, save the wings for this week, let them brine. And then, uh, do a breading with them a different meal, so I, I'm going to do that later on.
1: Nice. So, I mean, did you have any appetizers or anything, or was it just kind of like the pulled pork was the appetizer, the chili was the meal?
0: We had a uh, we had a ton of like chips and and stuff like that, but uh, that was the main things. Was kind of like uh, you had, the pulled pork was ready at twelve, and they could eat that all day. The chili got ready about two thirty. And so I guess the appetizers would be like little pork sliders. And then the main dish was the chili with all the stuff you could add the chili on.
1: Yeah, dude. Um, you mentioned baby Sweet Baby Ray's. I don't care what you say. That's a good barbecue sauce.
0: Oh, it's excellent. There's a reason I You know how I am about yeah, I'll, exactly. make my mom, I'll do this and that. Yeah, I have a few different Sweet Baby Ray's. Their regular is good. Their uh, hickory brown sugar is good. And I also like their... um sweet and spicy
1: oh sweet and spicy that's my that's my number one i also like their uh carolina like barbecue it's kind of yellow or think carolina yeah. gold or whatever that one's pretty good uh
0: that's for the me mustard base
1: yeah no is it yeah i think so hmm because it's pretty thick for a mustard base but i guess if you're talking yellow mustard that makes sense
0: yeah i think so
1: yeah uh so for me i did all the cooking yesterday except for the exception of of the guacamole my lovely wife made that and everybody killed that we just had chips and dip um i made a millionaire dip it's like cream cheese sour cream bacon green onions jalapeno, some some shredded uh, cheese very good very very rich but really good really popular and then i ended up making chili myself i went and uh i actually used ground turkey and that was a hit dude Ground I mean, turkey
0: chili hits. I, don't, I know people say something yeah, about does. ground turkey. Mm-hmm. It, it is the best way to use uh ground turkey is in it China, is. bar none.
1: Yeah, no question. And I made some cornbread. It, we had a, a small group, I only had like 10 people over here, but everybody ate everything. And I did I tried making this dessert. Uh it's called like a fluff salad where you get cool whip and Greek yogurt, and then you're supposed to use uh instant pudding mix but i accidentally got jello mix and you use some frozen like berries to for crunch it turned out okay but it was just kind of liquidy but had good flavor that was kind of the most disappointing part of the night but
0: it was a good it was a good day of food you want to know what's crazy all that food i said and we only had six people oh really we just i use a lot of leftovers so we yeah we use it as an occasion to clean out the freezer and everything right right stuff around that. So, yeah, we uh we crushed a lot of food and there is a lot that man, I can't wait for some of the stuff I'm going to make. I'm going to take that pork with the mustard base and make pizza out of it. Mm. Um, I'm going to make tacos, tacos, dude. Yeah. Oh those yeah. Those. Nachos out of the regular barbecue base one. Yeah. The chili will not survive. The chili has been eaten all day cuz there's too much stuff to have it with. Yeah, and so that won't make it, but the porks I'm going to do some unique stuff with.
1: I was hoping there'd be some chili left over to make some uh, chili dogs sometime this week, but man, they everybody killed it. There was like half a serving left. You got beans in it? Yes. Okay. Always. Good man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, um, you know, I don't know about your guests, but my guests, they're, they're not all of them are, are big football fans. Uh, my little sister, and my cousin, they came over, they wanted to watch the halftime show. But regardless if you're a football fan or not, you you always love the commercials. You always want to see the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, which commercial was the best of the night for you?
0: Look at my. See if you can see my. See my sweatshirt. Yeah. Okay, the sweatshirt is a Disney One Hundred sweatshirt. Okay. So that one for me was so good. The Disney One Hundred, where where Walt's talking and. And it's just going through all the movies of Marvel and Star Wars and everything. And it, it's like thanking the fans for 100 years, you know? Oh, okay. Fantastic. That, not even biased, that by a mile was my favorite one. Taking mm-hmm. away bias, I just thought it was a great commercial regardless. But yeah. taking away Disney from me because look at behind me, that Miles Teller. Bud Light commercial where it's just him and his girl dancing and stuff to the, yeah, with the dog and everything. Yes, that was such a, it's easy. They're just dancing to the hold music, you know, like, yeah. like I, and I don't even drink beer, but I really, uh, that that commercial was memorable for me. So yeah, that was those were my two right there. Those were the Disney 100 being the main one, but not allowing me to use Disney because that's my crutch. The Miles Teller Bud Light commercial was really good.
1: Mike, we're starting the episode off strong, first with a laugh, and now here we are tied with the favorite commercial of the day. Mine was Miles Teller and his wife dancing, and yeah. I don't know if that's that's because, I mean, it's a good commercial, and I like really like Miles Teller. That's probably my, my Hollywood man crush, if you will, but, or is that saying more about how mm, unmemorable the other commercials were for the Super Bowl?
0: Well, I think. One is I'm taking trailers out. Obviously I love the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer and Fast X was cool to see and everything and those are those are cool but yeah there wasn't a lot of memorable commercials minus the Disney 100 but I think the 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 Miles Teller one was just relatable minus the yeah. fact that Miles Teller is a stud and the girl is gorgeous and yeah. we look like we look <laughs> when you when like the the when the when you're sitting there on hold like turning something that annoying just sitting there like god on hold forever into like a fun moment between him and his girl and his pet you know his family yeah yeah was like very relatable and it was easy they didn't overdo it it wasn't like
1: it was natural man
0: it, it really was natural it felt like like they came up with that at the house yeah and like, okay, we do this all the time dude you got to make a commercial out of it instead of bud light pitching hey, let's get Miles Teller and do this with the dog. It felt like it's something that Miles Teller was like, hey, we had a, you know, they did it one time was like, hey, we got to see if someplace wants to do this as a commercial. It works so well, you know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that. I didn't think anybody else would even remember that commercial. So it's cool that we we both came up with that same one.
1: And you know what? I could I can now see it becoming a trend where people start doing that, like couples start doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was That was a well- well done commercial, and and I and it made me remember that it was Bud Light because sometimes I'll see a commercial, I'll go, oh, yeah, this commercial is good. I don't remember what it was for, yeah. But I remember I liked the commercial. This one I remember the Bud Light.
1: Yeah, well, you know what, and also I I do kind of have a theory that they play the Super Bowl. I mean, I know everybody pays for their commercials to to be played during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but I, I think the way they like, depending on the game, if a game is really bad, you'll see really funny ones, like really good ones to kind of keep you focused on the game. Like you so say, you don't want to leave. And then when the yeah. game's really good, like they'll play some okay ones, but like, it's like, you have time to get up and go get some more food, go to the bathroom. You don't worry you're not worried about missing the thing and just coming back to the game. I have a weird theory that certain commercials get played in certain orders, you know, based on how the game's going.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh disregard that that's very possible. I mean, the NFL scripted, right? So <laughs> according to Arian Foster, sir. Yeah. And one other person whose name, I don't even remember.
1: Yeah, I think uh, also Larry Johnson, old chief running back thinks that as well. So weird. So, you know, speaking of scripted, Mike, you know, you, you look at the end of that game there and you could say, Hey, that maybe this game is scripted. Do, do you think that cheat the, the refs ruined the end of the game there with that call on uh James Bradbury.
0: I'm going to say no. Um, I personally, uh, uh, whether it was, you know, James Bradbury says he held him. He he did whatever. That's a call I don't believe should be made right there. Like, if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be livid, you know? Oh, God, yeah. But overall, I thought the rest were fantastic. I mean, they were really involved until that play. And and I don't think it ruined it. I think um, all of us would rather – I mean, as, as people rooting against the Eagles, obviously, we wanted – we didn't, I was like, great call, awesome, again, City wins. But as a fan taking away saying it was two teams that I don't care any about, yeah. I would like to see the opposing quarterback get the ball and give it a shot. But not ruined. Like, he did hold them. Technically, you're supposed to say, like, hey, if it's a foul, it's a foul. But for me, it was ticky-tack. And in that, in that mm-hmm. moment – you know, yeah. if the if it was a three yard uh, play and he was throwing it right there and he caused him to stumble and the ball went over his head, it was like you gotta call it, dude. It was thrown, but it was the ball was thrown like ten yards over his head anyway. It was like it was more of a bailout than anything. So yeah, I um, I I don't I'm not saying ruined, but they they definitely I wouldn't have liked them to call that.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I don't think they ruined it, but they, they tarnished it because I felt like it was really a close to a perfect game, in my opinion, when you think about the calls, the calls that they did make that ended up being the right calls for the for the game to just to end that way, man. I it put a it it just tarnished it for
0: me. Yeah, put a damper on the last little like our chance as fans, if we weren't going for one team or the other, yeah, to uh to to see a last two minutes. Three point game, can the other team score to take it to overtime or win the game?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure did. Well, you looking at the Super Bowl, Mike? I mean, talk about a good game. That I think the points all ended up being over seventy points. But did the Super Bowl confirm that Philly and Kansas City were the two best teams in the NFL this year?
0: Yeah, I hate to say it, but they're at least they were both the best teams in each conference. Now you could argue maybe there was maybe AFC was a little bit more loaded. But yeah. as far as like best NFC team played the best AFC team, yeah, I think that's that was confirmed. Those two, those two teams were awesome.
1: Man, it's crazy how well Jalen Hurts played in his first Super Bowl. I mean, not only him, but Nick Sirianni, just that Eagles coaching staff and that Eagles team that doesn't have a whole lot of playoff experience. Man, the, the way that they performed against a team like Kansas City is it's um commendable.
0: They got the game that they wanted. They played exactly how they wanted in the first half, didn't let Kansas City have the ball, controlled, wore down the Chiefs' defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andy Reid and them made adjustments and, and outplayed them in the second half. But uh, you can't say enough about it, especially the game Hurts had. Oh, it, yeah, they, that was a damn good matchup. And uh, the last team with the ball ended up winning, basically, last eight seconds, you know. And that was such an even matchup. It really was. It was. The funny thing is we went into it going the best roster versus the best QB head coach. Yeah. And it felt like the head coach kind of played out. Like his 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 stuff in the second half was, you know, coached their halftime adjustments. But it felt like Eagles had the better quarterback and Kansas City had the better team.
1: Yeah, by
0: by how they played with a a defensive score for Kansas City uh, a punt return that set them up on the five yard line like it felt like Mahomes got more help than Hurts and I never guessed that
1: yeah that was I mean that second half was obviously the difference maker but it is kind of crazy that when you think about the way the teams played in like each half you know Eagles were definitely the the better team and they seemed like to you know their, their talent really started to shine but then the coach was the difference maker. That's kind of what we thought would happen last week when we were talking about the Super Bowl.
0: Yep, I agree. A- Andy Reid's something special.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, you, you know, we I heard a stat that the Chiefs scored in every possession there in the second half. You know, the Eagles' defense was the number one defense all season, but were they an overrated defense?
0: They were. They not only scored every second half, but Pacheco slid. Otherwise, they scored a touchdown every possession in the second half, and um, I, I think you look at the schedule, and we talked about you know with the with the weaker schedule catch up to them, and I think defensively it, it did because looking at it, I I, I put down uh, the defensive Eagles played three really good quarterbacks: Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers for a certain amount of time. He got injured. Yeah. He was in there and Dak. And in those games, Dak put up 40 on them. Rogers 33, Pat Mahomes 38. So in the three games against good uh, QBs, mm-hmm. 37 points a game, the defense gave up. Yeah. like That's brutal. So yes, when they're able to get ahead on offense, control the clock, make a team pass, the team is throwing Daniel Jones or a fourth string quarterback or you know, one of the bad ones they played all year. It's easy to get the pass rush going, and uh, and the defense looks better than it is. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not a a top half of the league defense still, but they weren't. They clearly weren't the number one defense in the league. That was more about schedule.
1: Yeah, they they did get exposed a little bit, but man, when you play Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who doesn't get exposed, you know.
0: And that O line, like that offensive line for Kansas City, shut That's it down, dude. Crazy
1: game. Last night, no dude.
0: sacks. In the second half, they just went one on one. They were like, if Hassan Reddick can beat our right tackle, it, he hadn't done it all game. Yeah. So uh he just left them one on one and uh and it shows us the slight little difference between guys like the special ones, like Micah Parsons mm-hmm. and Reddick, who's a great pass rusher. Yeah. But just on what he could bring, Parsons isn't getting one-on-one with their right tackle. It just, it, it would rarely happen in the game. It would rarely, let alone uh, all second half. Like, basically the entire game, they they let him go one-on-one. They would not allow that against Michael Parsons. So, it just shows the little nuanced differences. Like, a Bosa, I don't believe would either. A Nick Bosa, a Miles Garrett wouldn't. There's a couple of those top-tier Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow-type guys on pass rush that, that are a little different.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. Mike, the, you know, this was – man, this came down really – did this game did come down to the end. Looking back, you know, to the last 10 Super Bowls, was this the best Super Bowl in the last 10 years?
0: Not for me. I mean, I, I looked – San Francisco-Baltimore was exactly 10 years ago. Uh, the New England-Seattle game where mm. Marshall Lynch got it and they one-yarded it. Uh, The comeback for New England against Atlanta. Yeah. And then the one I hated the most because I hated both teams, but Nick Foles and Brady going back and forth in that crazy game.
1: I would special, put all baby.
0: four of those above, uh, above this one. Although this one was really, really good. Just shows how good the – the games have been over the last ten years for the most part,
1: right? Yeah, I had a last year's Super Bowl as one of my favorites, and then of course you know Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. You said it Those this one uh, last year's and Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. Those are my top three in the last ten years.
0: That that uh, it barely makes it in ten years. I guess it could be year eleven, depending on how you count it, because it's twenty twenty three to two thousand thirteen. So yeah, did it and that Niners. Ravens one was pretty good where the blackout came in and everything and, and, and that was a really good game so it it's uh you know it's I, I can't put it as as the top
1: what's crazy man I'll never forget when I was watching the Falcons uh Patriots game I was like actively rooting for the Patriots to make a comeback and they actually did and won. but man that was a crazy Super Bowl
0: why were you against Falcons not not that I was
1: against the Falcons, I just I wanted the game to be competitive because it's like you know they're up by twenty five points. I'm like, I'd like to see this get become entertaining, and boy, did it!
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a good point. This was more entertaining throughout than yeah. a lot of those Super Bowls.
1: Definitely. Uh, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier, Mike. But talking about Hertz and the performance that he had, was he the better quarterback in this game?
0: This is such a close call because he he did make the one mistake of the game. Like he tried to switch hands, the ball fell out of his hands, the guy picked it up for a touchdown. Like it there was no forced error. It wasn't like a oh, what a crappy quarterback, you know? Yeah, yeah. It It just a weird ass play. When you're switching hands, you're you're worried about getting hit and the ball just pops out. Like, so he did have that play, but on the other end of it, like he didn't really get the help Mahomes did. Like I said earlier, the defensive touchdown, the, the kick return, you know, getting him to the five yard line, Kansas city ran the ball better than, uh, than the Eagles did. Like you look at Jalen hurts over 300 yards, passing over 70 yards, rushing four total TDs. Like he dominated. I got to give him the edge, even though Mahomes played basically a perfect game, but he just didn't have to do as much. And for, for people that are fans of Dak who have heard enough of the, they lost, he sucks, oh, oh, all the stats, oh, who cares, he couldn't win the game. I'm not going to put that on another quarterback uh, because it's stupid when people do it to Dak. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do the, well, they lost, he fumbled the ball, they lost, so, so he was worse. He was a better quarterback that game, I thought. It just, Mahomes played a perfect game with what he was asked to do. Jalen Hurts made one mistake. Even though he was asked to do much more, and so I'm still going to lean towards Jalen Hurts. You don't have to be perfect, but damn, he was good.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going the other way, Mike, and it's man. You know, you make a very great point as to why Jalen Hurts was a better player, but I'm just I'm giving the slight edge to to Mahomes only because they're in the second half, man. You think about the performance that he had, that you know what the team was able to do, scoring on every possession and overcoming a ten point deficit. That doesn't happen without Mahomes.
0: Yeah, crazy thing is, is I believe Eagles scored on two of their three possessions, I'm not mm. counting the last one. Obviously, the last eight seconds. Yeah. So two of four, but they scored on two of their three. Even though uh, Jalen Hurts is only like seven out of eleven for like ninety yards, which Dak would have got killed if that's what he came up with. But he did put eleven points on the board, and and you know he put him in the position to win the game. So. Uh, either way, both quarterbacks played great. Whoever won, amazing quarterback was the MVP. I was there for after Hertz
1: had converted that two point conversion. I'm like, dude, he might actually win the MVP even if the Eagles lose.
0: He for real. And the honest, the MVP really of the game was the Kansas City offensive line. But you can never, you can't pick one guy out of there. You know, so you give it to the quarterback, but. They ran for more yards in Philly. Like I said, they allowed no sacks. Like Kansas City's offensive line was was the MVP of that game,
1: 100%. I, uh, I had a bold call last week on the fantasy show where I said that Hurts would have more passing yards than Mahomes, and I'm like, man, maybe that was too bold. But, dude, he actually did.
0: Nailed it. Shit, he almost doubled him.
1: Yeah. For over Man, over 400 total yards, four TDs. What a crazy game he had, man.
0: Yeah, he he killed. He, I told, uh, I told everybody, I was like that. Uh, he's a running back stuff. That if you're doing that now, you're just hater. You're a Dak hater for hurts. That's yeah. all you are. Like he made so many th- the the throws to Dallas Goddard on third Ugh. down. Uh, the one in the double coverage that he caught right before going out of bounds. The one on the o- opposite side that he got on another third down. The Pascal where he's rolling out left, which is the thing that everyone said. Let him roll left. He can't throw. He rolled out left, got set, made a throw to Pascal for a first down on like third and six or seven. Mm -hmm. Like he was making throws all game that I was like, because when they got to third and 11, I'm like, all right, got him a third and 11. Just don't let him scramble for it. You know, uh, make him throw the ball. And he was hitting the throws every time. And so that's props to him. He, uh, he was, he killed it.
1: He really did. So you know, you look at his game that he had last night, and the season that he had. Has he shown that he's worthy of a big money contract this season?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is what it is. It's he led his team. I get it. It's, the roster's loaded. Week schedule. Everybody got hurt. Daniel, giant. Da 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 da. He made the Super Bowl. Then when he got to the Super Bowl and played the good team, the one that you can't, you can't make excuses. Kansas yeah. City's a good team. They have a pretty decent defense. Their offense is able to put up 38 points in four quarters. He's got to be able to play offense to stick with that. Killed it. So I don't I don't know what else you could ask for him. So for me, yeah, he, he earned a, a big contract to me. And then you go like when I thought Wentz earned a big contract after 2017. Yeah. And then once the money came in and the, the talent runner wasn't as good, he kind of fell down and everything. If that happens to hurts, I'll readjust my thinking right now. You can't, you got to say that he, that he earned his money.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no question that he earned his money back to back playoff appearances. Only second year as a starter. He was an MVP candidate this year. And then i mean, you give, anytime you give a quarterback, some good players, I mean, you know, that's, they're going to have a good season and he had a great season. So. He, he's definitely worth it. I, I hate the fact that he's going to be in the NFC East for at least the next five years.
0: Me too, man. I really hope it's a one of those, you know, A, a magical season. Their O-line will never be better. Their, their weapons will never be better. Their defense had this elite pass rush. And my hope is that as the talent has to fall around him, you know, and people have to be replaced, that he won't be a, uh, a killer. I agree with you, Jordan. Uh, I one hundred percent agree uh, that that affected both teams' pass rush. Dude, um,
1: painting the field in like an hours before the game or the same day of the game—that's ridiculous.
0: It's it is, stu- and you could see both sides slipping all over the field trying to rush the passer. It, yeah, there was a play where both Hassan Reddick and um, got sweat both were coming around the corner and what looked like they had won their they had beat their guys around the corner and just slip and fell on the ground so. I agree with that. But, uh, in, in terms of, uh, uh, Hertz, you know, you got to pay him.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate you, Jordan, for tuning in, man. I think we, that's a, that's a new viewer, Mike.
0: Good. Need him.
1: Absolutely. Again, thank you, Jordan. Appreciate the love, man. Uh, sticking with Jalen Hurts here, Mike. I, I know this is going to be some recency bias, I'd imagine probably on my part, but, after this season, again, this performance in the Super Bowl, where, where does Jalen Hurts rank among current NFL quarterbacks for you?
0: I think you have to to be recency biased right now. Like, uh, how are you ranking them if not? Like, yeah, yeah. You kind of, you kind of have to. So for me, I got tier one is Mahomes and Burrow. They're they're the top guys. There's no. I believe you put whatever around them and don't matter. Uh, You know, and so uh, tier two, I would put Hertz in there with guys like Rogers, uh, Josh Allen, Herbert, Dak, Stafford, with guys that, like, uh, you can win with them, but at levels of degrees. They're not Mahomes and Burrow. And I would say Hertz is at the higher end of that group. Mm. So, anywhere... Three to five, I think works for Hertz. I think you, you, how can you deny yeah. him the top three to five quarterback coming off this year? And I know I hear every Dallas fan in the world, well, what happens when they don't have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, or, or, or I'll give you the other one, give Dak that offensive line and AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Here's the thing, guys Dallas isn't going to do that. So you're never going to find that out because you know what Philly does? They trade, they sign free eight, they sign on Reddick. They they traded for AJ Brown, you know they um uh they they do things like that that Dallas's front office doesn't do, so you got to deal with what you got. You got yeah. Dak with the type of team the Joneses will put around him, or Jalen Hurts with the type of team the Eagles will put around him. And in that case, with with that type of team, Jalen Hurts is a top three to five uh uh quarterback. My Lakers are getting smoked, Portland. I have a- <laughs> I haven't seen Portland miss a three yet.
1: Oh, in wow. There, That's always it, tough, man.
0: It's bru- It's six and a half minutes left. They have 51 points already.
1: So, you know, uh, I don't know how you rank your quarterbacks, Mike, but the way I rank mine is, is kind of strange. I went through all the quarterbacks in the NFL and asked myself, who would I want over Jalen Hurts? And here's the list that I came up with. Patrick Mahomes, of course. I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, but Trevor Lawrence. I think I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence from Jalen Hurts right now. But that there's a discussion can be had that you know, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about having either one. Is as long as you're putting like
0: a Herbert over him too, I would, Mm. I would, I would be like because this is the thing. Herbert's been more successful than Lawrence as a passer. Um, so far in his years, you know, his rookie year was insane and Trevor Lawrence's was kind of marred and then Lawrence had a big jump in his second year, but it didn't match even Herbert's rookie year, let alone him. moving yeah. forward. So I would say if you're, if you're picking a Lawrence, uh, or a Herbert, you're not doing it off of, well, who was better this last year, but at their best, you know, which one would be better? Well, Trevor Lawrence is, there's a reason he was the first overall pick. Right. Was Herbert was a top five or whatever pick. So, yeah. yeah, I understand your argument for Lawrence, and I think I agree with you. Just I wasn't doing mine as a projection, but as in a going into next year, what would be your order of QBs?
1: I got you, I got you. And then I had to tie Mike uh, between Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts, actually, because you know we've said it. We you know what would Philadelphia look like with with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. I mean, Dak having that loaded team and what would Jalen Hurts look like with the roster that that Dak Prescott had would be interesting. But, you know, I just – not only my love for Dak, but I I just think that he's still a really good player. I mean, he's he's grown every year as a player. Sir, where's Joe Burrow, sir? (laughs) Joe, hey, I almost had Joe Burrow right there uh, tied with Trevor Lawrence. But my my thing with with Burrow is – and he, he's, I mean, he would be after the tie. I just wonder when he gets paid, what what will his team look like? And what will he do? Not that he has a loaded team, but man, he's got some, he's got some really good team.
0: He has good receivers, but it, why? I mean, they, they rebuilt the old line and it had to, it was just coming Together. into form and it got hurt and everything. But yeah, I just feel like, man I would put Joe I would take Juro Burrow over everyone not named Patrick Mahomes I think he's to do what he's done with no O-line when I've seen how that affects Dak Prescott yeah it it blows and and basically once the O-line went the the running game was like eh you know so Mixon wasn't this beast so I was like well uh, I I just I think Burrow's one of those special guys
1: no I mean i Don't get me wrong. I do too. I just, um, when I, when I was looking at Adam, I'm like, man, I feel like Joe Burr should be in here, but I'm like, I don't think I want him more than Trevor Lawrence, obviously not Patrick Mahomes, but the case can be made there. I don't know. I just, I I made my list. How I made my list. Maybe we we can debate it sometime.
0: If I did a list like, like the way you were going over yours, mine would be Patty Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert Lawrence, and then I think I'd have Hurts, Dak, right in after that. Yeah. And, or or Hurts for his youth. And then right after that would be the Josh Allen, Dak uh, area, you know, that that type.
1: You know, Mike, I was uh, – here's Jordan again. I can't – I don't know how often you get on the uh, the podcast account, but I was asking if he was on Twitter so we could give him a follow, but – uh, he hasn't responded to that yet so I want to make sure if we if I do find out that if he's on on Twitter we got to make sure to follow this man.
0: yes and uh my, my name is really easy to find on Twitter at CD piglet that's it so just hit it up and let me know it's you Jordan so I remember and then because uh, I'm in the middle I just submitted an article so that's kind of been on my mind and I might forget but uh, uh if I see your name on there I'll hit you up too I'll hit back to follow.
1: Is this name or person ringing a bell for you?
0: I feel like I I know a Jordan that that I was on with just recently, but I don't remember if his last name was Stock. You mean like you did a podcast with him? No, no. On Twitter, I was I was engaging with them, talking about something Cowboys or Eagles or Super Bowl related. I got you. I got you. All right, Mike.
1: Let's move along here. Looking at the other quarterback, Mahomes, where does he rank for you among quarterbacks all time? And there was a bit of a caveat here. I thought it would be better to rank him among quarterbacks that we got to watch like their beginning of their career all the way to the end, or at least 10 years of their career. So hit us with it, Mike. Where, where does Mahomes rank for you?
0: He's fifth for me. Obviously, um, Brady. I had never had Brady on top because of all the cheating stuff. But then he goes to Tampa and wins two. And it's kind of like, dude, seven rings. Like, you got to give him his props. Brady 1, Montana 2. Um I'm okay with putting Peyton Manning 2 as well. I yeah. know uh Joe Montana won more consistently. He was 4 and 0 and and did all that, but man Manning Manning might be the best quarterback ever. He mm-hmm. just didn't have all the winning. So he's third. For me, Elway's fourth. Elway oh. was always my guy. I I I had Elway over Montana back in the day. I just he went to 5 Super Bowls without really a team around him. The minute he got a team, he won two straight and then retired. Like, the guy was just a monster of a player. He was near unstoppable with his legs. He he was the rare commodity of was one of the top three running quarterbacks in football at the time with, like, Steve Young and Randall Cunningham. And then also had probably the best arm in football. So he was just disgusting. And then Mahomes would be after that. And it was tough because... Longevity, Favre was a beast. Aaron Rodgers obviously is a beast, but Mahomes does all the things they do, and he's already won two. He's been exactly. to three. Yeah. You know, he just he he adds the winning to it. So, um, yeah, he's he's a uh, five for me.
1: I thought you were gonna have like maybe Johnny Unitas or Terry Bradshaw up, up in your list, Mike.
0: Sir, I'm not that old. <laughs> Especially our conversation pre-roll. The conversation pre-roll would make me like creepy if I was watching them. If I was watching those quarterbacks for 10 years, this then our pre roll conversation would have an even worse sentiment to it.
1: All right, all jokes aside for me, Mike. Um it's Tom Brady number one. I know he's a cheater. And then right in front of Peyton Manning, who I have at number three, who is one of my all-time favorite players, is Mr. Patty Mahomes, sir.
0: Oh, you got him second all-time. You got him above Joe Montana already? Oh, I didn't
1: did get to you know, watch Joe Montana. Yeah, like yeah, Beginning or end of career, so.
0: I forgot he's old. I'm old. <laughs> I'm an old man.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. Am I, am I a little bit too bullish? But you think about his five years as a starter, all those accomplishments, all the regular season stats, the MVPs and everything, but then the – playoff accolades too and the three trips to the super bowl like you said two super bowl wins two super bowl mvps i mean god dude this guy's a generational talent
0: and to win like say what you will about coaching coaching help with bill belichick as well bill walsh with montana like great coaches help but you took away maybe the best weapon in all the nfl from him and you're sitting there going well you know he's still going to be good but now he doesn't have this guy the guy." He don't have Hill, which puts fear into everybody. Yeah. And dude had, like, his best season, won the MVP, won Super Bowl, won Super Bowl MVP. Like, just incredible. So to notch that as well is – it's impressive. And
1: you think about um, that second half. I mean, all of a sudden, Kadarius turning comes out of no, nowhere with that big – Big punt return, and then he scores a touchdown. And then Juju Smith Schuster was making some plays. Of course, Travis Kelsey doing Travis Kelsey things, but and then Sky Moore scored a touchdown. It's just like he was finding ways to to win with guys who hadn't done much, with the exception of Travis Kelsey. And then Isaiah Pacheco, man, he looked really good last night. But again, this guy's like a 6 round pick, you know, He's starting for this team. And without a quarterback like like Patrick Mahomes, he might not have the numbers this season that that he did put up.
0: Yeah, it's um it's incredible the stuff he did with like a seventh round running back, Scanling yeah. and Juju Smith Schuster, who are more than what Dallas got for like I'd be salivating if they got Dak Juju Smith Schuster and, and Scanling. But compared to Tyreek Hill, it's like an enormous drop-off, you know? And he just went out there and destroyed everybody anyway.
1: And yeah, to think they were a better offense and a more efficient offense.
0: Yeah. It's crazy credit to the, the coaching there too. The the offensive coaching especially is incredible there.
1: So Mike, you know, this is a Dallas Cowboys podcast. It's only right that we get one Dallas Cowboys uh, question in here, but looking at those teams last night, what can Dallas take from them to, you know, give them a chance to be in the Super Bowl next year?
0: Uh, For me, it was easy surround Dak with a better O-line and weapons. Patrick Mahomes wasn't touched by the Philadelphia. Now, to be fair, uh, I don't believe Dak was sacked in our game against uh, Philly either. Maybe one sack, but I don't think any. And he put up plenty of points. But, I mean, you just look at the teams. If you don't have Patrick Mahomes, the way you make it is put T. Higgins, Boyd, Chase, Mixon, Hurst around a quarterback. Or A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, the best offensive line in football. Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Or Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Ooh. Elijah Mitchell, Uscheck—you know, like load your team up offensively. You have the defense, and you have a defense that's proved that they can play with less. Like I believe, as good as the defense is, that they went into next year losing Malik Cooker because it saved you about four million. And they said, "Well, Malik Cooker's fine, but we can get a guy in there that that can do that." Ismael McQuaumu will play back there. Malik Hooker was fine he wasn't anything special we can save some money there he's gone Brown and Jordan Lewis leave uh you know both coming off injuries Brown a free agent Lewis saved you almost five million on the cap and you kind of go in and go you know Dan Quinn's gonna have his pass rushers uh you know we have the we'll bring back LVE, and he'll have Bland and Diggs and uh We'll bring in a rookie and we'll sign a vet at a cheaper price. And Dan Quinn will put it together and be fine. Now let's load up around Dak and make a real run for it, you know? Yeah. Um, the one thing though that I will also say is if we're learning from a lot of the past Super Bowl winners, like we may not need to tag Tony Pollard. Here's here's the thing about it. Tony Pollard, the reason I'm okay with tagging him for the year, one year, I don't want a long-term contract. we paid too much to running backs already. Yeah. The reason I'm okay tagging him for one year is because I see him as a weapon, not just a running back. Right. And I'm terrified that if they get rid of, of Pollard, all they got is lamb. And then if things don't work out, if Tolbert, who Jordan starts talking about right now, of course there's hope. Do you – look up the stats of every non first round uh, wide receiver and you'll understand why there's hope for Tolbert. Like nobody did anything. Uh, So yeah, Tolbert, plenty of hope. But um, if you, if you go through, like if you don't tag Tony Pollard and you don't bring anybody in, like you miss on Odell, you don't, TY doesn't want to come back, you know, Robert Woods, maybe I like that pick, but Randall Cobb. If you don't get it, neither of them are Tony Pollard playmakers, you know. And if you don't tag him, you lose that. And I'm really scared we don't replace it. And now it's just Ceedee Lamb and meh. Yeah. But on the opposite end, paying a running back 10 million, like if you look through, like I think the highest a running backs made is like two million on Super Bowl teams. And I go through the market and David Montgomery. Is he going to cost you anything? Like go through the go through the the teams that have cap space. That need running backs. So well, the Texans don't need a running back. They got their guy now. Yeah. Like who, who has cap space and needs a running back? Okay, Saquon Barkley probably gets a deal with the Giants. They have cap space and they can use running back. Uh, the other dude, the other top uh, guy, not Miles Sanders, but there's another. Josh big, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs probably gets a franchise tag. If not, he gets money, big money somewhere. And then who? Who's paying big money? Maybe Pollard coming off an in injury is the other one guy, or Miles Sanders, who just got out of a Super Bowl, yeah. is the other one guy. But those are going to be your money makers. Okay, now look through the, the people that are on there. David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt. I like both of those for Dallas at a cheap dude, price. Dude,
1: Kareem Hunt would be nasty, dude.
0: Yes. Let Zeke go. Let Pollard go. The thing about Mike McCarthy's system is they have to be able to be receiving options. Well, David Montgomery can catch out of the backfield. Kareem uh, Hunt
1: can catch in the backfield a Karim lot. Kareem
0: is elite at it. Excellent, yeah. So maybe you get him at two, three million a year, and you let the other two go, and you draft the guy rounds three to five. Don't be stupid and waste a round one on a running back. But you get a guy rounds three to five running back. You pair him with Kareem Hunt, who's your one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and uh, Davis, who we saw last year uh, runs pretty well, and we know he can catch out of the backfield. And you got a decent trio, and it costs you less than the tag money on Pollard. So I would bite the bullet and tag Pollard, but I would understand if they didn't. You know, it would make sense. So those are the two things I would say: get more weapons and anecdotally because it's totally opposite because you're getting rid of your best weapon yeah maybe you don't spend money on the running back position
1: i would be fine not tagging pollard if that meant that we bring back uh anthony brown on kind of like a a friendly deal and molly cooker or if we make a play for keenan allen you know what i mean
0: i wouldn't mind that uh I would like LVE and Donovan Wilson over Malik Hooker and
1: uh, Anthony Brown. Anthony oh, Brown I myself. would not hate that at all.
0: LVE, Dono, Dono is going to be a hard one to keep. You are going to need Dan Quinn to go stay here with me, dude. You don't want to go somewhere else because he's about to
1: get paid.
0: He could get paid, and we and with our safety room with Curse, um, with Hooker, with Bell, with Mukwamu, mm-hmm. you just can't match it. You can't match his money and. You have Jabril Cox, who's kind of a hybrid linebacker, safety type of player. So it just it's tough to see us bringing him back.
1: I wouldn't be surprised to see Donovan Wilson in a Bears uniform, honestly.
0: That would work. I could see him going. he, he, He should get paid. He was a great player this year. And I said the whole time, his whole thing is health. I had no question about him as a player. Yeah, It was something me and the 4D podcast guys went back and forth on. I was like, my thing with him is health. I get being pessimistic about him because he can't stay healthy. But mm-hmm. the one year he stayed healthy, he he lit the league on fire. He lit our defense on fire.
1: Dude, he was a tone setter this year.
0: Led our team in tackles. He was a beast.
1: All right, Mike, here we are with your views from the sidelines. And Mike, talk to us about what it is about Andy Reid's offense that gets the most out of players.
0: Two big things. One, he schemes guys open. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which we talk about all the time. The other is his creativeness within the same looks, the way Uh. they got Eagles with the same play twice where they're like, Oh, you're going to do that. Okay. Jet sweep. Get you to think we're running jet sweep. Uh, Very next play fake it and then score that on that play. Then the next time fake the jet sweep play action pass doesn't work. Go right back to it. Like you're going to jet sweep, go back and beat them again with it. So, He's just a genius play caller as far as, as uh, getting people open, and it just makes things easier on the court. Like, it's unfair for Patrick Mahomes to, to get a guy that wide open. Like, he should at least have to scramble, throw a perfect pinpoint pass with his arm 15 yards down the field, and Travis Kelsey brings it in on a great snag, and you played as good a defense as possible. Nah, Andy just has your guy can nobody around him. And he just walks into the end zone two times. Like really Kelsey's was he, the guy was basically wide open. Like it was on um, the matchup was no way that guy could guard Travis Kelton on that play. So that's what he does. He just gets you wide open and and it's unfair.
1: He just, man, he knows how to maximize his players. He knows how to put them in positions to succeed. You talk about scheming him open, but you just look at the roles that they all play. He always has a player in the right role.
0: I agree. He knows how to fit pieces into his scheme. Dude, uh, it was crazy
1: because uh, my brother in law, he was over here last night. We we're talking about Kadarius Tony. We're like, man, he hasn't done anything. Look how many points the Chiefs have scored. And then what happens? Like two plays later, he has that major punt return. And then what happens? He has
0: that wide open touchdown. Dude, it was it was nasty, man. It's crazy. I just seen Portland in the first half shot, made 17 threes. Oh my God. Dude. The Lakers in the same half were three of 17 from three.
1: Maybe that's why LeBron took the night off.
0: He has to get ready for the all-star game. You know, the important things. It's ridiculous. All right, Mike, here we are with top five. And
1: because of the end, the NFL season officially being over, I thought it'd be uh, nice to talk about uh, who we think the best NFL players were or the the best five NFL players were in the 2022 season. So Mike, start us
0: off. Who was number five on your list? Joe Burrow, man. I've already talked about him. Like this it. He, he just, he, I, I, I love the dude. I just love how he plays. Joe Cool. Like I know that's the old Flacco one. I don't want him to be a Flacco, but he just seems to be. Don't matter what the O line's doing around him or anything going on. Is he just, he knows he can make a play, and he's just fantastic. So. Yeah, I, I honestly, if the other four guys weren't so good, I'd I'd get him further up the board. It's just it's hard to fit him in with the other four dudes I have. Yeah.
1: Number five for me, Mike. I'm going Trevor Lawrence. We talked a little bit about him earlier. I understand Doug Peterson. They made some good uh you know, offseason signings this year, but dude, to go from the year that he had last year to the year that he had, you know, he just reminded people what he can be
0: and that he's he's the next elite
1: quarterback in my eyes.
0: When his coach isn't incompetent, he's a damn good player.
1: All right, number four on my list, Mike. I'm going with our guy C.D. Lamb.
0: Oh, I didn't get Lamb into mine. Lamb, Lamb would have been probably somewhere in the in the seven to ten. Yeah, yeah. As a he, man, what an elevation, you know, to to. You know, when the season had started, I was like, come on, y'all, A.J. Brown's number one. And A.J. Brown did nothing to change that. He, he had a great year. But C.D. had such a monster year, basically alone in that wide receiver core, like all everybody going after him that uh, and uh now going into next year. I would probably rank CD lamb as my number one in the NFC East Mm -hmm. and AJ Brown is like one B, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't argue if people put AJ Brown, I wouldn't be like, you're stupid, but just seeing what lamb was, I would put him one. And reason being
1: what, what may, what, um, had him in my top five was not just the season numbers, but the way he answered all the questions that we had about him. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I just imagine you told him, you know, like you had that game where nobody did a damn thing offensively in game one, and then game two through six, your uh, quarterback's the backup quarterback. And just yeah. still put up whatever it was, 1,310 touchdowns or whatever, crazy. Mike, who's number four on your list? Number four on my list is Sauce Gardner. Oh, love man, that, dude. what a rookie season. He may have came in and been like, I'm the best cornerback in the league, just so y'all know, right away, rookie year, I'm the best. That is crazy. Uh, he, he was so it, filthy this year, dude. He was, <laughs> a rookie is impossible to be that good as a rookie. We Seriously. saw Trayvon Diggs, who was an all-pro in year two, just get routinely smoked as a rookie because you got to learn shit. Just how it is. Sauce Gardner was like, "Nah, dude, I, they got to learn about me."
1: Yeah, he Beast. put everybody on notice, dude.
0: He was crazy. I, I, I was one. I was getting in that top five.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Number three on your
0: list, Mike. Number three, Justin Jefferson, mm. uh, the best wide receiver in football. It's amazing because Kurt number Kurt Kurt Cousins uh, and the Vikings team all feel like frauds, except that one guy. Like, yeah. We can say what we want, but we all know that dude is legit. Like legit wide receiver one, and you know there's other guys that are up there with him. Like Jamar mm-hmm. Chase is up there with him. Right. But nobody is like, oh, this guy's above Justin Jefferson. No, he's not.
1: He's a he's a tier of his own.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's a beast.
1: So Mike number three on my list, man. He was he was. uh in the game last night, I'm going with Mr. Chris Jones, defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Beast, damn, you have a lot different list than mine. It is really good. It's a really good list. The reason being
1: is you think about that Kansas City defense. Of course, they've got Frank Clark, and you know uh, George Karlaufis, a rookie, had a good year. But man, you look at that secondary. It's it's some young guys and some you know people who don't really don't really know where had a good year, had a good. They're good as a unit, but by themselves, how good are they? They're linebackers young. You know what I mean? They have a young unit, but this guy, dude, just every year after year after year is like the heart
0: and soul of that defense. He is a he is a monster. That's and a he'll good take pick. over a game. Yeah, at defensive tackle. Like he if Aaron Donald does retire, then he's that guy now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Mike number two on my list. He was a quarterback last night for the Philadelphia Eagles, my guy Jalen Hurts.
0: He would have been – he was sixth for me. Mm. I had Burrow a little bit above. And, again, not fair sure. to Jalen Hurts, but I'm I'm listing the best five. His team was a lot better than, than Joe Burrow, so yeah. I put Burrow at five. But that is not a knock. That is not me crapping on you. He had to make all the plays. I don't care how good things were around him. Mm-hmm. You know, just look at that Super Bowl and tell me that – He's carried. I don't think so. He carried that team is what he did. So, uh, yeah, uh, he definitely belonged in the top five. He was in the car. It was him or Burrow. And for me, I just I just think Burrow's a tier above uh, everybody but Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, that's why. That's the only reason he stayed out of my top five. Totally fair. All right, Mike, number two on your list. Number two on my list, Micah Parsons.
1: Hey, okay.
0: Monster. Like, just just different. Like he, he, and he even wore down for a while at the end of the year, but he just, he he just had so much attention on him and then never got old calls. Like man, bro. Oh, you know what? Jalen hurts was seven. Nick Bosa was six. I apologize. Okay. Nick Bosa because I was thinking the same thing. Like Nick Bosa another guy. He had more sacks, basically everything else. Parsons was, you know, on par or better than, but Bolster was another guy that just got held all the time, so that was another battle there between five and six. Um, but yeah, that that Michael Parsons just to watch every snap of his basically two times over. He just he's he's rare. He's and really he, rare.
1: Who knows how injured he was? You know.
0: He oh he was beat up. Yeah, he was beat up the second half of that year.
1: All right, Mike. Here we are. Number one was who's number one on your list?
0: mahomes i'm sure it's that's the guy i mean how could it not be lost hill and then just broke every record more efficient won the super bowl won the mvp super bowl mvp just completely dominant so yeah mahomes easy
1: dude and then man his performance in the playoffs even after injuring his ankle
0: yeah just he's insane
1: totally insane all right. Yeah. So last week we were uh, doing our prospect uh, oh, preview. I
0: forgot about that,
1: and we are the guy I wanted you to study, Mike, was Sean Evans, running back out of Ole Miss. Talk to us, Mike. What are uh, what are Sean Tucker's strengths?
0: No, no, no. Zach Evans was this week, right? And then Sean Tucker oh, next week. Me. No, no.
1: Zach Evans. I'm sorry, you're right.
0: Zach, Zach Evans. Okay. So uh, the first thing is he can beat defenders to angles with his speed yeah did it consistently in college and it shouldn't change in the pros even though everybody's faster he will beat most linebackers to the edge uh in his three years uh, I think one was at Ole Miss and two was at um, TCU thank you TCU he averaged 7.7 7 yards a carry seven yards a carry and 6.6 6 yards a carry nasty. how nasty is that dude, dude nasty um, I think the the most important thing about him, other than the fact that he's obviously has the talent, yeah. is that he can run the ball anyway. If you're a shotgun team and he stands next to the quarterback and runs the inside zone or the uh, or the outside, you know, the zone uh, play from that uh, position, he can do it. He has the speed for sweeps, no problem beating people to the edge on sweeps, and he's a good traditional inside runner because he um. He's creative in traffic. He understands start and stops. Uh yeah. uh, he he always ends plays going forward, like almost it's hard to get him to get tackled and go back or get stops against him without him gaining the extra yard or two. And he's one guy away from, from making people miss. I mean, I mean from taking it all the way. If he yeah. makes one guy miss, it's over. It's it's over. He has that kind of, of speed. So Love um, hearing that, man. He's an impressive runner now to the weakness side. Yeah. It's about all he is. He, he does oh, not okay. Um, route running. Um, when he, if he does catch the ball, which isn't often, he's not a yak guy. So running is different from him when he's running the football than it is when he has to catch, turn, and make a run, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's because he's worried about his route running and make sure he's in the right spot, make sure he catches the ball. But he's just a different runner. Um, after the catch, when when he, when he's catching compared to just getting a handoff, and he doesn't pass block or or block really well at all. So, so mm-hmm. you know, okay. he's he's your two down back that you have to train into finding a role for him on third downs or have yourself a hunt. You know, uh Jack
1: Evans and Kareem Hunt. Yeah.
0: Yeah, to play in the uh, uh on third downs.
1: Interesting. Okay, Mike. So uh is he a day one contributor?
0: Yeah, because you you need guys on the first two downs to be able to run five yards of carry. Like his 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 running ability, especially the way the league is starting to trend more. If you look at what Kansas City did, the all mm-hmm. passing, all world passing team, they won that game running the ball. Yep. Pacheco and them running that inside zone and getting matchups. And that's becoming the new thing, getting, you know, all the teams defensively went to lighter linebackers to match up with passing. And so teams said, okay, now we'll run inside zone. And those guys got to get off blocks and make tackles. And that's what this guy can do is, is playing that system. So I think he's definitely a, a round one contributor. Is he a Cowboys type? Yeah, I think 5'10, 210 works. Um, old miss is good enough. I don't think he's a Mike McCarthy type
1: though. Uh not in
0: Mike McCarthy's offense, and Mike McCarthy's offense, if you're not a pass catcher, you're you're kind of secondary. Like his his run plays are short passes. We're getting to that, Jordan. That's the next question, my friend.
1: Is he a realistic? Is he a realistic target?
0: I don't believe he is for Dallas. And it's because with Mike McCarthy taking over, yeah, I don't think they want anybody that's not a clear receiving threat.
1: Mm. You know, I don't actually hate that. I mean, I, I do want a guy who can play on all three downs, especially if we're drafting him like on day two or, or even dare I say day, day one.
0: If we're in uh, Kyle Shanahan's system, I would oh, say, God. give me this guy. If we're in a system that's built more towards running the ball, uh, give me this guy. Now with Mike McCarthy, the short passing game will be as – we're going to run tons. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a threat. You have to be a threat out of the backfield. And that's another reason I don't think Zeke will be back on this team next year. He just doesn't offer anything in the passing game anymore.
1: Okay, so uh, Mike, you know, uh, Jordan's asking what round would we draft Evans?
0: I think he's a day two pick um i think some team could take him towards the end of the second but i don't think he definitely wouldn't make it out of the third
1: all right and uh you know it's a little too early for your grades because we haven't done the combine or anything so we, we won't get to those yet
0: no gotta see the interviews the medicals the the drills at the combine and all that good stuff
1: all right mike so next week you got your pen and paper out i assume But your prospect uh, preview is going to be Marvin Mims, wide receiver,
0: Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So the Sean Tucker is because you thought we were doing Sean. I put Sean Tucker in because I thought that was the guy. I might have Marvin Mims already done. Okay, good. Yep, that'll make it easy on me. Oh, really? I hope you like what you saw. I did, but yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mixed up something there. No, no, but you don't get waiting. to know yet.
1: Okay. You don't get oh, okay. to know yet. I'm all right. I'm all right. Well, Mike has always been I enjoy the discussion tonight. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for uh, for joining the discussion tonight as well. Make sure to follow you from my uh, personal account and the, co- the Cowboys account.
0: Yeah, tag me, please, too, because I I remember the thing. And I. there we go. Jordan stuck, too. That's funny. I was just going to say, I just look, I'll do it right now on air. Well, okay, there you I'm go i'm at cd piglet guys letter c letter d piglet nice and easy i'll find jordan stock too where he while he um finishes up the uh the show
1: jordan thank you again for joining us uh guys i'm paul ryan you can find me on twitter at paul underscore ryan 15 we appreciate you joining us, joining us and we'll see you guys next week